thank you for joining us if it's your first time. This is the Mind Wealth Podcast, and my name is Chelsea. Get ready to sit back, relax, and unwind while we chat about all kinds of things. This week, we are delving into the realm of mood disorders, and today's topic is cyclothymia, which is a subset of the bipolar mood disorder type. What is cyclothymia? It's a mood disorder that is similar to bipolar disorder, in the fact that it is also based on manic and depressive phases. In order to be diagnosed, you need to have had the symptoms for a minimum of two years. Where cyclothymia differs from bipolar disorder is that your manic and depressive phases are not as intense in the mood swings. Instead of experiencing major depressive disorder, you live with the occasional mild depression. Instead of displaying mania, you present with symptomatics of hypomania. There are several types of bipolar disorders, and cyclothymia is a version of it. Bipolar 1 consists of meeting criteria in a manic phase. Bipolar 2 includes both hypomanic and major depressive states. Substance or a medication-induced bipolar or related disorder, meaning that symptoms are brought on by a substance and not previously experienced. Specified and unspecified bipolar-related disorders in which similar behaviors are observed in non-traditional cycles or environments. Cyclothymic disorder is a version of lesser emotional swings for shorter periods of time. It presents similar to borderline personality disorder, which is a personality disorder and cyclothymia is a mood disorder, which can make things sort of complicated. The most important thing about what class your disorder falls under is the way that you treat a personality disorder or a mood disorder. So treatment varies very largely depending on where your classification lies. While the typical onset of this disorder is around six and a half years old, it has been extremely difficult to pinpoint the reason of the onset for cyclothymia. What we do know is that cyclothymia has a strong genetic link. Having cyclothymia also increases your chance of comorbidity with other mental disorders, such as substance use disorder or attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And certain traumatizing or stressful events can worsen the disorder. More about this prognosis later. For now, let's get into a case study of a girl named Sabrina. Sabrina struggles with several mental health issues, including anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder, along with her struggles in cyclothymia. Sabrina believes that it runs in her family, but the people in her family do not believe in mental health issues or go to the doctors to get diagnosed with them. This has made things difficult for her to track where her disorders stem from. She does, however, believe that her cyclothymia also could have come from her genetics and her environment. Sabrina believes that it comes from both because what she does know is that after middle school is when she started to see the bulk of her issues arise with cyclothymia. She has the rapid cycling form of the disorder, and she believed that it was brought on by the bullying incidents that she had to suffer through in middle school. There wasn't physical abuse, but a lot of emotional abuse, including things like people leaving her messages or saying that she is a stupid brat, along with other way more brutal phrases. Sabrina noticed that all of her relationships became all or nothing, that her friends would be so close that she would isolate herself from everybody else with just that one particular friend. But... When she and that friend became what she considered to be too close, she cut them off without warning. This type of swing was also present in other areas of Sabrina's life. This included her driving habits, going from what she considered to a small road rage, honking at somebody who was driving slow, to cutting off people, swerving in and out of traffic, and even going 80 in a 40 zone. And it showed up in her spending. She would either skimp and save every little thing she had, acting as if she had no money, or spend so much money she could no longer cover her own bills, and she had to ask her parents for help. 
When Sabrina finally made it into college, her campus offered a program that was confidential and could assist her with her mental health. This was a lifesaver for her. She didn't have to worry that her parents were judging her or they were worried about her seeing a therapist. When Sabrina first went into the program, she believed that she only had six sessions to get her through that program. So for her, the first session, she dropped literally everything, told the therapist anything that she could think of to try and get her fast-tracked to getting some kind of answer for what was going on with her. Her psychologist underwent a series of sessions with her and eventually diagnosed her with psychothymia. And while this should have been the start of the healing process for Sabrina, it wasn't. It was an instant denial for her. She didn't want to believe that that was what she had. She told her psychologist as much, and her psychologist recommended that she see a psychiatrist. Because technically, a psychologist can only suggest a diagnosis, but a psychiatrist can actually give you a full-blown diagnosis and provide medication or other assistance in getting better or helping to manage your diagnosis. Sabrina agreed. She thought at the very least she should get the psychiatrist to officially diagnose her. And after her diagnosis, she tried medication and immediately knew that it wasn't for her. Now she works alongside her psychologist to learn and maintain her coping mechanisms, which is what makes her feel the best. Having a space to talk about her issues and really focusing on knowing that the way that she feels now won't be how she feels forever have helped her achieve baseline more often than not in her management of cyclothymia. There are other treatments and medications for the disorder that could work for you or for someone you know, and I'll talk a little bit about those now. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, is something that I talk about a lot. It's one of the larger and more common fields of study in psychology that works with patients on redirecting their thought processes. It can be helpful in a lot of disorders, as well as this one, but let's talk a little bit more about these others that I haven't spoken so much about. Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, or DBT, is a therapy that utilizes learning awareness, emotional regulation, interpersonal effectiveness, and distress tolerance. It is based on seeing and understanding your emotions, allowing yourself to be safe, while managing unwanted or destructive behaviors. This therapy focuses on teachable skills to help the patient work through their emotional distress, while finding ways to regulate the exceptionally big emotions to better manage the outcomes. For example, if you're feeling withdrawn, in DBT group, you would likely be given a homework assignment to hang out with friends to counter your feeling of isolation. DBT is a complex therapy, and it's something that you would likely need to be in the therapy group for. Interpersonal and Social Rhythm Therapy, or IPSRT, is a therapy that focuses on daily routines to help you have the optimum ability to stay at baseline. You help yourself gain control of your mood destabilization by working with your biology and natural rhythms. Specifically, if you were to look at a disruption in sleep or stress as being a trigger for your, ma your manic or hypomanic phase, this type of therapy helps you limit the number of disruptions and stress in your life to give you the best chances at avoiding those triggers. It is important to note that this therapy is not meant to replace medication, but to work in conjunction with medication in bipolar disorders, and we're talking specifically bipolar disorders, to help make medication compliance easier. Before we leave today, you need to know about the prognosis for cyclothymia. Prognosis basically means what is likely to happen with your diagnosis over time. People with cyclothymia disorder are often 15 to 50% more likely to become bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. They generally transition after a traumatic event. This could be something as simple as a car accident or as unexpected as losing a loved one. And in some cases, it goes a step further 
and the patient transitions into schizophrenia. However, if you are undergoing treatment and making choices that are helping you to be baseline more frequently than not, the odds of the schizophrenic jump happening to you are greatly decreased. To simplify, the better you are at taking care of and managing your disorder, the less likely it is to get worse. Finally, I would like to leave you with something that I have been thinking a lot about lately, and that is change. Change doesn't have to be in one big leap. Change can be found in the little things that we do throughout our days. The simple decisions that we make to be kinder to ourselves and do better for our mental health. So, if you have been diagnosed with a mental health disorder, whatever it may be, or you're just having a rough day, remember that change is seen in the long run, but it is made up of all the little choices that you make consistently. So keep choosing you and your mental health. You'll get there. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I've enjoyed our time together. If you want to join me again for another chat, you can keep your eyes peeled every Wednesday for a new episode. Feel free to follow me at MindWealth on Instagram if you want to get to know me a little bit in the meantime. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.